Welcome to the audio podcast for Saturday Night Life. SNL is a ministry of Northwood Church, and our hope is that this will be a tool that blesses and encourages you in your walk with Jesus. If you want to learn more about Northridge Church or SNL, you can visit us at nrchurch.ca or join us for Saturday Night Life at 7 p.m. on Saturday evenings. Until we meet, be blessed and enjoy the word for this evening. Thanks, buddy. Okay, give him a hand, because seriously, uh, reading in front of everybody and standing up here, if you're not used to it, it's a little intimidating. So I feel like I've been gone forever, for, and I see a bunch of new faces. And for those who don't know me, like Eric said, my name is Steve. And uh, I'm just a regular dude. I, uh, I'm a dad. I've uh, been married for a very long time. That sounds so bad when I say that, but I'm married because <laughs> I just had my wedding anniversary. I really did. I just, yeah, forever I've been married to the same woman. No, I quite like her a lot. And she is uh, a pretty good, well, she's a fantastic lady because she puts up with a lot of, well, she's got two sons and me. Um, so she's got a lot of dudes to straighten out when we act stupid. But um, I got some wicked stories before I start my, my message. And, uh, oh, I'm on Facebook. I know this sounds lame for you guys that don't know me yet, but... You would not believe how many of you guys will end up reaching out to me after you leave the house. And the reason I say that is uh, I got a ton of men on, uh, that doesn't sound cool either, but I got a ton of men on my, on, my, on my Facebook that reach out to me all the time after they leave recovery. They go in second stage or they're on their own. I got one that's very, thanks, Bobby. I got one that's really funny, actually. I got uh, Jeremiah and Leon. Leon, if you guys don't know Leon, Leon's... Leon reaches out to me, and he watches all the time. Jeremiah is a friend of mine. Burns Lake. He went through uh, 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 Hope for Freedom in Hilland. And now his aunt, his aunt is texting me, take Bobby, or take, take, take Jeremiah to recovery, please. So if it's not you, it's going to be your auntie or somebody <laughs> that's going to be texting me. I, I mark my words. It's very, it's very sweet because uh, it, it aggravated the heck out of poor Jeremiah because... He did not want that conversation, but uh, it's fine. But uh, so like I said, uh, I, I unfortunately share a lot. For, unfortunately for you and me, we share very common backgrounds, I'm sure most of us. I grew up in a very highly abusive home, and uh, my father was the one that was bowling out the punishment, and uh, I went through my struggles, and uh Again, my name's Steve Bennett, and I've told this a thousand times, and I'll say it again. Uh, I would rather you guys reach, and my family knows that if somebody's going to, if, if I'm on my phone during dinner time, I will answer. I will answer you if you reach out for me during, in the, as long as I'm not sleeping, as long as I'm not at work, I will answer each and every one of you. Because I would rather you be texting me above ground than the opposite. And this is part of my story, the couple of two stories that I got. And uh, I got to say, I know I come up here, and, and for those of you who've seen me, I, I'm a very churchy guy. You look at the churchy guy, but you would never know the past that I have. I've had a horrible, well, I got a beautiful family. I got a beautiful life now. But growing up, it was very rough. And, 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 and I love coming here, gentlemen. I love spending my time with you. I love sharing with you. I love listening to your stories. And, and, and so about a couple of weeks ago, 
I was like in my head, and I'm, it was like, I'm not doing anything here coming to Hillen. I'm not, I'm not, this is the, the dialogue that's in my head. I'm not achieving anything. I come here, people, men still die when I stand up here. Men still overdose. Men don't care. This is what's in my head. I'm not saying this is the actual facts, but this is the dialogue that's going through my head. Steve, you're achieving nothing. So a couple weeks ago, and, and the other thing is it's, it felt like, Steve, you're not making a connection with anybody. And, and I know we've all had these conversations where in your head where you're just like, what? I'm useless. I'm not doing anything. So a couple weeks ago, I'm on my way home from work. I'm going down Low Heat Highway. I don't, know if, I don't mean to be screaming if I'm screaming. I'm going down Low Heat Highway, and the main intersection, just after the Pitt River Bridge, is Harris Road, Low Heat and Harris. And I can see a man. Like, he's so far away that he's about that big. I see him at the standing, and, and he's crossing, and he's walking differently. I, I noticed that he's walking differently. I'm like, well, something's not right about this fellow. And then he just stands there, and everybody's laying on the horn. And I come up, I was in my wife's car, and, and there's a big, big Chevy Dooley just standing. Like, if this is a dude, the truck's standing there, and he won't go around the guy. He's standing there, and his car's on the other side going around screaming. I'm get out of the intersection. I go around, and I realize that I see him up there. I thought, I thought maybe the man might have been inebriated or something. So I pull off the side of the road and I go to the middle of the, <laughs> it's kind of weird because you, I, I don't know what happened. I literally walked right in the middle of the intersection and I put my arm around him and nobody, you know, nobody honked at me. Nobody did anything. And, and, and I put my arm around him. I said, what's going on? He goes, I just want to die. I just want to die. I want somebody to hit me. So I put my arm around him. I said, let's go. I said, nobody wants you bouncing off their hood. And, and, and. I know it sounds funny, but it was the truth, right? Nobody wants it. And then Dravagi said, I said, let's go to the curb. Well, let's just talk about it. Let's just talk. You and I will talk about some things. He goes, yeah, yeah, okay. And so we're walking, and he turns out of my hands. It turns back, and it stands right back in the middle of traffic. This time, I put my arm around him with a little tighter grip on his jersey, or his shirt, right? So he's not getting out. And not that I'm being a knob and being rough with the guy, right? I'm trying to be compassionate and not let him hurt himself at the same time. And so he says, okay, okay. So we walk to the curb. And as we're walking to the curb, that guy in the truck, I said, hey, can you phone 911 for me? He says, yeah, yeah, no problem. So he phones 911. We go to the curb. I'm sitting there talking to the guy, and I won't use his real name. And uh, actually, he gave me a different name, too, at the beginning. I said, hey, what's your name? And as we were walking to the curb, there's a young man there, too. And I said, hey, can you phone 911, please? I want to make sure. I'm trying. I'm thinking to myself, make sure he gets taken care of. And... Um, dog here and, and 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 it's so i'm talking to him i said hey what's your name he goes my name's a-hole i'm like i'm trying to i don't know what, what I, me, me being me i'm like well that is I, I swear i said this i said that is a horrible name to be to be be stuck with i and he did he he didn't see the sense of humor at the moment right and i'm trying to maybe lighten the mood in my own head and then and then uh i said what's going on he says well he says i live in i live downtown I have no money, I have no reason to live. He says, I just want somebody to hit me with the car and kill me and get it over with. I said, again, nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants you bouncing off their hood, hitting the windshield, and be stuck with the burden of, I've just killed, I'm going to use Jeff. I'm making up Jeff. That wasn't his name. I'm just going to, nobody wants to kill Jeff on their hood. I got a nice truck. I don't want you wrecking my hood. And nobody else wants to. But I said it nicer than that. I'm, tell, I'm telling you guys, right? Because that doesn't sound so compassionate when you say it like that. So I'm, I'm, I'm talking to him, and, and uh, his phone, his, his uh, oh, yeah, I said to him, I said, you know, you got a mother? 
their parents? He goes, oh, no, they're all, I have nobody. I said, well, clearly you were born. I said, and you had a mother at one time. I said, put yourself in your mother's shoes. And she, she's in that intersection. There's a man there, and she kills somebody because he wants to die. And he got upset. And he goes, yeah, I wouldn't want that for my mom. And then his old son, his phone rings. I said, who's that? And he's like looking at his phone. He goes, it's a friend. I said, well, you're not alone. You have somebody. And, and picks up the phone. He's talking to the phone. And he goes like this. He passes me the phone. He won't look at me. He's by now given me his actual name. And he won't look at me. He goes, here. So I pick up the phone. I said, hey, uh, my name's Steve Bennett. And I got your friend here. And I said, he was standing out in the middle of the street. And I don't know why I keep doing that. But uh, the, uh, I said, I got your friend in the middle of the street. And, and, and uh, I said, he's safe right now. And he says, he says uh, yeah. And he says, my, and I, I, as I'm walking, but the other thing I forgot to tell you, as I'm walking him back, I noticed that he has cerebral palsy. He's moving different, right? I, I, from a distance as you're driving by, he looks like maybe he's drunk because his legs aren't working perfectly. And I noticed, and he says, yeah, my friend's got cerebral palsy. I mean, we've been really, really worried about him. And I was worried that he was going to uh, 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 do something like this. And I said, yeah. I said, I don't know if I said this earlier, but I said, my name's Steve Bennett. And the guy goes, Steve Bennett? He goes, I know exactly who you are. He says, I come to Saturday Night Life every Saturday to listen to you and David speak. And I was like, <laughs> I did one of these, right? And I was like, out of the millions of phones that are in the lower mainland, out of the millions of people, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, well, I, I, I was like, literally, my mouth dried up, and, I'm like, and I got the goosebumps, and he says, I said, well, I said, I tell you right now, your buddy's safe. I'm really holding tight now, right? The guy gave me a description of who he is. He's not here today, but he, I see him. I know who he is when I see him, and, 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 I, say, and I said, I got, everything's going to be okay, and as I look up, there's a, a cop, probably the nicest well, cop, look at me, constable. He was, he was an RCMP, and he was probably the most nicest, compassionate cop I've seen in a long time. And he says, I'm taking you under custody, under the Mental Health Act. And I put my arm around him. He wasn't talking to me. He was talking to the dude, right? And, 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 and we both walked with the guy back, and, and he's like, i got to go to the bathroom. So the cop walks into the bathroom, and I said, uh, Jesus loves you, I love you, and you're not alone. And I said, and I will be praying for you. And he walked off. So hopefully, uh, that blew me away. It honestly blew me away. In the moment where I thought I was contributing nothing, nothing, that this moment, that two times this fella, and on the other end of the phone, this man's like, Steve, I listen to you all the time. I'm like, well, what? I'm thinking to myself, I'm just Steve. And I see your faces looking at me, and I'm just Steve. I'm just Dad Steve. So that was, I got home and I told my wife, I told Carol, actually, Carol, you were the first person I called. I was like, Carol, I've got to tell you something, I've got to tell you something. I was so excited, I wanted to tell Carol. And then and she, and Carol, Carol's the sweetest lady in the world, and, and, and you were very kind, and thank you, Carol. And, and, and I, then I told my mother-in-law, who's my mother, mother-in-law, actually, I think, yeah, my mother-in-law was the number two call, and she's, my mother-in-law is a, a virtually a twin to Carol. And uh, yes, it was very, but... My wife started to cry, and she says, well, if that's not a message from God saying that you're being used, and I, I tell you, gentlemen, if you ever reach out to me, I will, I will answer you always. And I thank Jesus for that, that moment. I thank Jesus for that man not being killed. And just 
you could see, I mean, I'm just a dude, right? I know nothing about nothing. I'm a welder, for those who don't know. I've been a welder for 25, 30 years. I, I'm pretty good with construction. I'm not always super great with human beings. <laughs> and uh, so I got another story, and this one, and I got to tell you, the part of these stories is, is at, I'm going off in of Matthew 18. You don't, don't put it up yet, but I'm going off in of Matthew 18, and Matthew 8, in Matthew, Jesus talks about the child and how we're the child of, of, of God, and I can't tell you how much reading this and in my study for, this, for tonight's message is how much the, we need to grasp onto that fact that we are a child of God, molded in God's hand specifically. We're not a mistake. We're not a screw-up. We're not we are what Jesus, we, he put us here on the dirt for a reason. So I'm telling you that story to tell you another story. So I got, I got a brother. I got a brother who, uh, growing up the same way I did, and, and I don't know why, I became a Christian man. He didn't. He, he, he went off to lead a, a, a kind of a life of crime and did a lot of bad things. But he had a son. He had a son that I never met until, and a son the exact same age as my oldest son. And uh, my oldest was well, 21, for those of you who don't know. They're both turning 22 this year. And I've been praying for that boy. His name's Harry. And I've been praying for that boy. I saw him once as a little baby, not much older than Hezekiah. And I, just the last time I saw him, and now he's 21. And I, and I would reach out to him, and you could Snapchat, not Snapchat, uh, Facebook. I see his name, and I, I found his name. I said, hey, I'm your uncle. I'd like to meet you with your father's permission, because I didn't want to do anything against his father or have anything, any, any, any punishment come to him. And then I found him on Snapchat, which is ridiculous that I'm at this age is using Snapchat. But I'm like, hey, Harry, it's your uncle. Again, I'm in Vernon. And I found out he lived in Vernon. I'm like, I, I'm in Vernon all the time. My wife's best friend lives in Vernon. And I know this is a long story, but the message will be short, so don't worry. The, 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 so I, 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 he got every message. He never replied to one message. He got every message, and he didn't know. And so fast forward to, 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 to March of this year. My sister, uh, through all my tracking down, my sister was able to reach out to him and found him, and he came down, came down, and we met him for the first time with my oldest son. Uh, yeah, it's not there yet, but did, with my oldest son, and he's never, he didn't know he had cousins. He had no idea he had cousins for 21 years. He didn't know he had cousins. He didn't know that I was not an a-hole. He didn't know that, uh, that, that he had aunts or grandmothers. He didn't know, he ne he'd never been to a dentist. He'd never been taken care of properly. He didn't know love. He didn't know love, how a family should be loved. So, give me the first picture. Every, every year, every year I have a Father's Day fishing trip. And I've been doing it with my children. I'm trying not to cry, but it'll cry. I know it will. <laughs> every year, since the boys, the boys were three. And the rule of three is you can't crap your pants. I'm not changing diapers. And so the rule is, so every boy in our, my buddy's family and all, our, all my buddy's family and my in-laws, we've all been coming since we were three. This was his first fishing trip since, he was, since he's been born. This was his first fish he caught on our Father's Day trip. And, and yeah, fly fishing. He's never gone fly fishing. He, he caught it right back there. And, 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 and I tell you, the reason you gentlemen are here 
He'll leave the 99 to get the one. He will leave it and he'll find it. He'll find you and bring you. And I thank Jesus every day for, for, for this. He, 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 I, 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 I love fishing, but I send him out with my boys. Just take Sam, Joe, go fishing with them. Take him out. And so your boys can have boys banter. I'm clearly dad, right? He's not going to say the things or talk freely like in front of me. So my boys, my boys have never not known love. My boys have never felt insignificant. It's the first time he'd ever met my, one of my sons. My son, my one son is, is, has a fantastic job. He's a fishing guide atop of Haida Gwaii. And he flew down for the Father's Day trip, fishing trip because it means so much to him. Since he was three, to come do things like that with me. Us. And, just, and, it's, and, and, and for those of you who don't, it's just a weekend of love. A weekend of just acknowledging the dad's dad and your boys. My boys are my boys. And my, and my, 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 my brother-in-law will bring his, his daughters. And we just, it's, just, you know, it's just fatherly love that he never had. And so he's out with his cousins, my sons, and he's like, this is all overwhelming. This is all just so much to soak in. And, and so he was, just, he was just, you could see he was nervous the whole weekend, most of the weekend. And then, um, so we, try, we tried to do light things that wouldn't, you know, nothing. We're boys, we're guys too, right? You know, other than me, I blubber here only. Just so you know, I'm not a crybaby everywhere I go. For what it is, I feel safe for you guys. And, and, and I'm sure most of you will go no, who know me longer, like, no, you are a crybaby. No, I do. Whatever it is, I, I, the walls come down when I'm here. And uh, she'll show me the next picture. This picture looks like an album cover. There's <laughs> some movie. We were shooting clay pigeons. The, the, you know, little, the discs that fly out. The two boys with the guns are my sons. Of course, my son in the middle, he thinks and knows he's awesome, right? <laughs> so you can see that the way he's standing. Like, I'm stud. I'm stud. His Sam and Joe, and that's Harry on the side, my nephew and my buddy's son. So Harry is the whole weekend saying things about himself that, that are not... I don't know any other words other than self-deprecating. He was just talking about himself and ne so negatively and, 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 and I said listen look at those two that same DNA that's running through your blood that they feel loved and happy and confident in who you are that is what's running through your blood you are my nephew you are my family and hopefully one day we can help you feel the way those two feel those I mean look at the way they stand Right? I mean, it looks corny and it looks ridiculous. My buddy took the picture. I didn't take the picture. I don't know how those goofballs posed like that for it, but they did. And, and, but it, it's, in, in, in that picture, to me, as the dad, it says a lot. To me, it says a lot that I've made human beings that are confident and loved. They're not knobs that are n nasty to people, right? They're good kids. And my nephew is just like, just soaking in the love. And soaking in the love, and, and and again, I can't stress enough how much, how much. This story goes with the part of my message too, and give me Matthew, please. So I'm going to read it out like I always do, and and I tell you, gentlemen, 
I'm kind of excited about reading this because, like I say, I was having a rough couple of weeks, and then it uh, to see those pictures of and and and, and to have those things happen, it it it's to- totally reassures you and totally uh, makes you understand. And I want you to hopefully by the end of this message. Oh, maybe we will be a little late today. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't like. I know. I. Don't, I well, actually, I'm not sorry. I got Jesus to tell you about. So, at the time, Jesus, uh, at the time, oh, this is the part that drives me crazy, too, but I'll, I'll get to that as well. At the time, disciples came to Jesus and asked, who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child over and set him before them and said, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless you repent, that is, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, lives changed or live changed lives there you go live changed lives and become like children trusting humble and forgiving you will never enter the kingdom of heaven therefore whoever humbles himself like this child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven whoever receives and welcomes one like this in my name receives me but whoever causes one of these little ones and this is the one i got to tell you as a man who grew up in a home that I grew up in that I'm sure some of us grew up in, I hold and cling to this one. But whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to stumble and sin by leading him away from my teaching, it would be better for him to have a heavy millstone as large as one turned by a donkey hung around his neck and to be drowned at the depth of the sea. What do you think if a man has lost a hundred sheep, and one of them gets lost. He will not leave the 99, uh, sorry, will he not leave the 99 on the mountain and go and search for that, that one that is lost? And if it turns out that, his, that he finds it, I assure you, and most solemnly say to you, he rejoices over that more th- than over the 99 that did not get lost. So it is not the will of the Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones be lost. And to make it crystal clear, we are the children of God, and you are the little ones. We are the little ones. And I can't make that clear enough because once you realize that, I remember the horrible things that my father said to me and did to my family, and this, the feelings that I felt after that, the, the insignificance, to understand not one. He does not want harm, harm to come to any of us. But we live in a world, uh, a world with people that, 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 that make mistakes and people that are, have hurt people too. So just so you know, uh, around this time, the disciples have been together for like three years. They've been following Jesus for three years. And if you go to Luke 9, it says, and this is very, it says, uh, uh, Luke 9, 46, 47. Then his disciples began arguing which of them was greatest. Nice, boys, right? In front of Jesus, the Jesus who said nothing about love, or sorry, everything about love, and, and, and humility. And these guys are, the 12 guys are like, well, Peter, I think I might be the number one, right? They're, they're going on. And Peter's like, well, no, no, I'm number one. We, we, we're going to Jesus. We're going to find out which one's number one. But Jesus knew their thoughts, and he brought the kid, little child. A child, a little baby. A little, they, in the, 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 the translation that I found out is like a, like a 10-year-old or younger. 
a little one, well, probably bigger. And, 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 and kids are kids, right? Back in the day, kids weren't supposed to say a word until spoken to. And I was one of the, I was growing up like that. And this is the thing I, I, I started, then his disciples were like, what the heck? Why are you comparing? If, we're, if I'm not, not important, you're, you're comparing the most important person is the child. You want us to behave like a child? And then I got this. He called the little child. And like I said earlier, there is a value of a child at any age. Because I'm a 55-year-old man, I'm still a child of God. I'm still his child. I'm still reason he died on the cross as we are everybody sitting here now and each person sitting here in this seat was put together by the hand of God created by God and 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 I can't if you were this is the part that I also wanted to share too if you like me were brought up in a home where you were not valued you are valued you're worthy of dying on a cross. He didn't build a reject. He built somebody that he loved. If you weren't planned or wanted or made to feel like that you were a mistake, running joke in my in-laws' family is that my sister-in-law is always a mistake. She's the middle child and acts like a middle child. She's like, nobody planned to, planned to, have, a, <laughs> planned to have her, she said, but she... She grew up in a nice home, and she's loved before anybody gets goes crazy. Jesus sees, and the God, and the Lord sees the value in us that we don't see when we look in the mirror. We are children of God. That's it, and I don't mean that's it. That's it in a nutshell. That's all we need to. That's what we can hold on to. He is the good Father, and. Uh, I, got, I had another picture I'm talking about children. You got that picture up? So these are my same boys, the same cowboys with the guns. The one on the, le on the, the left is the big kid with the, you know, Mr. Mr. Stud pants, right? And uh, that was little, that's Joe. So we had gone on this trip. This is so bad. This was such a bad idea. I took my mom with us on a, on a holiday. And we were all packed in a minivan. And little Joe... Uh, my boys are, my wife will deny it to the dying day, but I picked all the names from Westerns. When I was a little boy, I used to watch John Wayne. I know he's a knob now. But Sam McCoy was one of my favorite heroes in John Wayne, so that's Sam. And Joe is little Joe from Bonanza. And, and, and so <laughs> we were in Banff, and my mom and my, my wife were off shopping. And I found these, these silly little cowboy hats. And you, you know, you can see, <laughs> see, he's got his gun in his pocket. He's made a holster, right? And little Joe, he's got the gun there. So we're in the store. There's this Western outfitting wear for tourists and people that want to be look like cowboys, right? Little, little Joe, I guess I've been listening to some music that I probably shouldn't be listening to with toddlers. And, and <laughs> so Joe's got the gun. And, I got, and he's going like, he's trying to put it in his pocket, right? And he's, and all of a sudden, he just, and he's a totally animated kid. Like, he, he, he stands like this with the gun. He goes, lock up your daughters and let's ride, cowboys. At three. At three, he says that. And, and I'm like, what? What? And the guy walking past me, he fell. He just literally, what? 
He fell to the ground. He couldn't stop laughing. I'm holding onto the cupboard counter and I'm laughing. I'm like, where did you get that? And then just if you have children, don't listen to ACDC when they're toddlers. <laughs> That's where it came from. Yeah, that was my proud parenting moment and my stumble. But that's, yeah, that, it was so funny. But that's what made me think of the child. I was thinking of the story and the child and children. So uh, back to the Bible. The, uh, verse, verse 3. Yeah, he's, and you would never know. They're just the sweetest kids back then. And they're still good boys now. But humble yourself. Verse 4 says, whoever, and I got in my, 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 my uh, app, that, that Bible app or, that they've been talking about, and this is what I'm reading from, too. It says, therefore, whoever turns his back on self-righteous pride and adopts a realistic self-view, humbles himself like a child. And, and whoever believes, you know, like, like a, little Joe, believed his dad was a superhero. He believed wholeheartedly that his big brother was a superhero too. He, and that's what Jesus is saying. He wants your whole heart to believe in him, to, to, to believe in the Father God as Father God. And verse 6, whoever causes one of these little ones to believe in me to stumble and sin, whoever... I also read it as this. Whoever mistreats a child who causes one of those my children to stumble. He's called the good father for a reason, gentlemen and ladies. Christ says, do not mistreat or, or cause them to stumble. Do not devalue a child. Now, I don't know if you know what a millstone looks like or how big a millstone is. They had it back in the day, they had a donkey tied to this stupid thing, and it would grind out the grain, and it was heavy. And this is how serious Jesus, I don't know why he said the stupid thing. That wasn't the right thing to say, but this thing, this huge thing. And Jesus, it, it, this, is the, <laughs> this is the most stern that I've ever heard and then seeing them talk about somebody that mistreats somebody. And this is how much he values children and us as childs, children of child of God, children of God. It would be better, better for him to have that stone tied around his neck. And not, not a chance of coming back up. You screw with my children, you're going to pay the price. And skip to verse 12, please. He searches for the lost. He searches for each and every one. And I can't, I think, I think of every time I stand up here. If you gentlemen here and ladies don't know it, you're one of the 99. There's a reason you're here. It is not fluke that I, I'm talking to you. It's not fluke that you're sitting in here. All you got to do is think about where were you January 2nd? Where were you 67 days ago? You're here now and you got beautiful, shiny faces. You got faces that are clean. You got bodies that are healthier just by being here. 
just by listening to the word. Some of us are so clean, we're making babies. Beautiful babies and beautiful parents. And, and I can't stress enough that, that, that if, you, you, if you don't find value, to, to try and, I, try, I tried to find value in my parents and in, in looking to my dad as to who I am or, or who I could be. Your heavenly father is excited that you're sitting here right now. He's exciting that you're sitting here right now listening to me go on about, about my children. But God. And I'm just going to, well, I did go on a bit, didn't I? The, but it, it's the 90, you are one of the 99. I want you to rest that in your heart and understand. And I'm not saying it as lightly. I'm not trying to be light or flippant about it. Everybody that comes through this hill and house and hope for freedom, you're the one of the 99. He's reached out. That man in the street that I found, he's one of the 99. He, God, I believe, 100% used me to go grab that man and bring him back. To grab my nephew. Now, it's, and don't get me, and please do not get me wrong. I am not the guy that's doing it. Jesus is using me using me as he can use you to bring your children back to Jesus, to, bring, to, to, to change your family, to change your future, to break the cycle of what is going to happen tomorrow or the months from now or years from now. I truly believe that. And for those of you who don't know, I'm minimum five, five generations of child abuse children. My children, I don't know why I keep pointing to the word, my children don't know it. My children have never known abuse. And their children's children will not know abuse. That's the moment. This is what's going to happen in this, this room, this building. When the nine, one of the 99 comes back. Worship team, if you want to come up. So usually on my Saturdays when I come in here, I sit in the truck. And, and um, just sort of calm myself before I come in and I pray a little bit and listen to some music. Last time I was here, Jess caught me listening to, uh, what was it, Tina Turner, I think it was. And I had it cranked, I had it cranked. What was it? it, well, it was, yeah, it was the devil's music, rock and roll, exactly. Uh, what was it called? Uh, it was a fantastic, Proud Mary, Proud Mary. You guys go home and listen to Proud Mary. It's not probably, you should be saying that from the pulpit, but it's a pretty awesome song. It's a wicked song. It's a wicked song. But anyhow, so yeah, next. next. But I'm, I'm coming back, Jess. I'm coming back. So I was listening to, uh, I was listening to uh, Lauren, Lauren Daigle, and she has a new, th new song called, called Thank God I Do. And, and the line in it was, and honestly, is I don't know who I'd be if I didn't know you, Jesus. And it struck me what kind of dad I would be if I would be a dad if I didn't know Jesus. Would the cycle be broken if I didn't know Jesus? Would I be happy if I didn't know Jesus? 
I know I wouldn't be because of the path I was on. I was lucky enough that I didn't do drugs, but I drank my guts out and I chased after everything that I could chase after. And all of it was empty. All of it. That's actually probably the song you should go listen to. There's not so much Proud Mary. But I'm telling you, I, I, if you could bow your heads. If there's anybody out there that, that, that would like to know Jesus or have that relationship, now's the moment. That believe that Jesus is, is, is that he died on the cross for us. And that our Heavenly Father values us and loves us. And that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. I'd like to see if there's any hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. So, there's a celebration tonight. There's a celebration tonight because... The 99 are celebrating up in heaven. Jesus came for you, for you gentlemen that came. Tonight's word was for you gentlemen who came and raised your hands. I pray, Lord Jesus, that this is the beginning of a change for each and every person here. A change in, 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 in the value system that we hold ourselves to. I pray that our self-worth is in you and not in anything else, Lord Jesus. I pray that the Holy Spirit is with us each and every day and every decision that we do going forward, leaving this building tonight. I pray that there's an understanding in our hearts and each and every person here that you love us, Lord, that we were not a mistake, that you formed us, and that we are lovable, and that you love us that we are worthy because you died on the cross for us. I thank you so much, Lord Jesus, for what you've done for me and my family and the cycles that has been broken. And I thank you for what you continue to do in my life, and I thank you for what you continue to do to each and every person in this room right now. And I pray, I pray for each and every person that, that not only did, is there a heart change in them, that when they go home, there's a heart change in their family, there's a heart change in their friendship, and in everybody that they influence. In your precious name, amen. Thank you for joining us for Saturday Night Life. If you want to learn more about this ministry or if you want to talk to somebody about what you heard on this podcast, please email us at snl at nrchurch.ca. We'd love to get to know you better. Until then, be safe and be blessed.